listening to a podcast by Abide Church and Pastor Dan DeBell in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We pray this podcast helps you live, love, and look more like Jesus this week. Enjoy the message. The one thing that I have with Dan is consistency. It's consistency. There have been hills and valleys and mountains and all that you can think of, but I think when you think about friendships, your relationships, the people that you're closest to, it's consistency. When you think about your relationship with God, it's consistency. Consistency completes everything. I want you to remember that. It's consistency. The reason he can sit up here and talk nice about me and I can talk nice about him is because it hasn't been months since I talked to him. We talk almost every day. And because we do that, we're healthy. And, and I'll say this on, on the song we sing, there have been times where I've been in Detroit alone in my basement. And the only person I had was that guy over there. And so as much as he says good about me, I have just as much to say about you. And for that, I think what you guys are a part of here is super special. Just look around the room. This is not normal church. It's not normal church. What you're doing, what you're doing, if you call Abide Church home, what you're doing is it. There's nothing else. This is it. You're doing phenomenal. When we talk about how and what God is doing in here, it's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. You're doing it. I just want to say that you're doing it. Like, there's, there's, there's nothing else. It's happening. Dan sent me a picture of your room. Uh, I don't know. It, it was a one-year time lapse. It was a one-year difference. And you look around, you see the good things that God's done right here. All based on your consistency. It's your consistency. And when you walk like that with God, it's everything that he said. I don't have to really preach because what he said in the giving moment, we could really just say, right? <laughs> That's it. But that takes consistency. And so I'm thrilled to be here. And I think that we, I know that we obviously don't trust the, uh, the kids staff here. That's where my wife is. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, we have a newborn that was newborn. He's 16 months old. That's still new to me, not to Heather. Uh, I'm only as good as she is, and so she is here, but she's back in the other room with, with our baby. Um, and so thrilled. That's why I'm texting. I'm checking my phone like, are you here? Are you here, girl? And so um, I haven't seen her. I'm only as good as she is, but for what Dan and Leslie DeBell are doing, I think it's, it's worth equal credit to say thank you, Pastor Dan and Leslie, for starting this church, for leading. And... Uh, Bringing bring the word to Noah's. Amen? Isn't it good that, that Noah's event venue built this building so by church could just take it over? Yeah. <laughs> All right, you can be seated. Um, before I go any further, I want to tell you, um, you need to really appreciate Tulsa. You should appreciate Tulsa. The one thing that I've learned being away is that Tulsa is actually really nice. It's super nice. Now, there's some things that we've learned about Tulsa being away that we didn't really have perspective of being here like all of the conveniences and things. And I just want to tell you, when we moved to Detroit, the one thing that um, we sold roughly 70% of everything we owned. We kept our bed because it was brand new, okay, and we bought that for us. And everything else we sold. And when we sold and we, we went, we believe we were like following kind of the, the rich young ruler's way, right? Sell everything you own and, and, uh, and it'll be good, right? And when we got there, we realized that we really didn't sell anything. We didn't sell anything. And if I can encourage you any, about anything about where you live is this. We live our lives, and what I learned is we live our lives based on personal preference. 
you have and live and do what you prefer. And we take that for granted sometimes. It's a blessing of God to have the availabilities. And so when we got to Detroit, we realized, wait a second. Everything that we prefer has been deleted. And when I say, like, Walmart's 25 miles from me. Walmart's been deleted from, our, from, from us. Quick Trip, Chick-fil-A, nice people, okay, all that. <laughs> and so we realized real quickly that, one, your, li- your life is built on personal preference. You surround yourself with what you prefer, and Toss is really good for what you prefer. And so appreciate where you live. The other thing is your pace. You guys are not in a unionized culture, so you get to go as fast as you want or as slow as you want. You get to go when you want and how you want. And so your pace is everything here. And the other thing is your expectation. We can go as far and as fast as we want to. But the one thing I realized, thank goodness this is only like two, two, two inches off the ground. The one thing that we realized was we, our expectation was off. It was off. And we were very ignorant in going. And so getting our bearings about us, we realized, wait a second, our life is built on what we prefer. And our pace, we have to slow way down. It's like, uh, oh, brother, where art thou? You're two weeks from every, it's a geographical oddity. You're two weeks from everywhere, okay? And uh, in our pace, and so in all those things, the way that you get to live here and the way that you get to run all the way down to government is, is incredible. Don't take that for granted. I took it for granted for a long time, and, and now I live in a place where people are retarded, Okay. So I was thinking about how am I going to introduce what I'm talking about today, and the song really helped me. If, you, if you're taking notes, I hear that you're a note-taking church, which is amazing. If you're taking notes, this is a bonus, write the word gratitude, and just circle the I in the middle of gratitude. That's a bonus. That's for somebody. I don't know why it's for, and maybe it was just for me. But there were moments in my basement where the only thing I had was that, where I was upset, I was mad, and all I had was hallelujah. God, I know that you're in this. I know that you're with me. I know that you've called us. Hallelujah. And that's all I had. And there's a lot that goes with gratitude, but what I'm talking about today is ownership. And so this is really unique. So we're going to write the word ownership, but write it in, write owner in lower caps and write ship in all capitals and underline or circle the, the letter I. You're the captain of your ship. That's all I can tell you. So I'm at McDonald's yesterday. We're going to get on the road early so we can get here and get a good night's rest. That didn't happen. I go to McDonald's, and I'm like, we don't go to McDonald's. We don't go to McDonald's. We go to McDonald's on vacation on our last day there when we're coming home. That's breakfast. And it's like sausage, egg, and cheese, two for four, right? They're not paying me. And so I go in. The drive-thru is ridiculous. It's not moving, but it's McDonald's. And so we go in, and there's two people in front of me. The one, there's an older guy in front of me that he just orders two for four. And you know that they make them, that they're ready to go. So it's just like, you know. And he's upset. And he's, he's, he's older, okay. And he finally gets his biscuits, and he says, hey. He says, I waited, I waited 28 minutes. He said, I was the first person in line. I waited 28 minutes for these. And all the people behind the counter just looked like, it's not my fault. Like, it's not, I didn't do that. And they were speechless. The woman behind him who was in front of me, she ordered three hash browns. 37 minutes for her three hash browns. Now, she had McDonald's experience. And she said, 
he should be doing this. And the whole time she's just, the more she talks, the, the angrier she gets, right? And as, <laughs> as she talks, she's like, he should be doing this. And she's telling, I worked here. And 38 minutes, 47 minutes for my, we have five people in our family, for my eight sandwiches, okay? I didn't eat them all myself. I know I look like that, but I didn't. And I walked out thinking, wow, there's no, one, there's no leadership, but there's no ownership. Nobody wants to take responsibility in this situation. And I found myself in that situation. Here's why I set this mic over here. I found myself in that situation in Michigan when the pandemic hit. And I can't, that's kind of how everything's going, right? There's these, I think every conversation you find yourself in here lately is this two-part, well, da 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 and then COVID, Right? And I found myself in part two of that, where it was, um, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Ten weeks old when we shut down. Still shut down. And what am I going to do? And God put it on my heart. It's, this, is a, this is your decision. This is your decision. This is about taking ownership. And so then, um, God prodded me yesterday on the way home, this question. Many of you guys don't know this. I minored in journalism, so I'm a writer. And so what God tells me, I tend to write down. So if I don't pay attention to you, just I'm, I'm trusting God here instead of myself. So what if we didn't have conditional faith? What if we didn't have conditional faith? Now, don't be prideful. Let's open our hands and our hearts. Because the reality is, what if your answer to God was yes before you knew what it was? What if we came in with willing hearts? What if what God wanted to do in your heart today, you had already decided to say yes before you heard what the preacher said or the pastor said or what was said in your devotional time that that morning? And so my challenge to you today is to take a step towards your devotion for it to be yes. It's Acts 2.42, and it's kind of where we fall off. You see the first church here, and it's where we fall off. And we're talking about really our discipleship, right? And our discipleship happens with our devotion And we think that because we possess relationship, that we own our relationship. Possession's nine-tenths of the law, right? And we assume that because we have possession, that we're owning. And that's false. Because I can let you borrow my truck, but you don't have the title. And my grandma can pray a prayer, but that doesn't mean I'm saved. Does that make sense? And so there's a big difference between possession and ownership. And so today we kind of get to do a checkup. There's so many things that happen in me and Pastor Dan's conversations back and forth where the Holy Spirit is speaking directly. We are in the same wavelength. We're talking the same time. And so some of, these stu- some of this might be really, really good for you. And some of it might be way off. So 2 Corinthians 13.5 says this. Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realize? Do you not realize that Jesus is in you? Don't forget it. Like Pastor Dan said, look back. Don't forget it. Do you not realize that Jesus is in you? We can talk about what to do and how to do it and where to go and how to find it and all those things. We can do that. But life happens. Life happens. And discipleship is everything because when we're talking about discipleship, we're talking about your faith. We're talking about your relationship. We're talking about your eternity. It's your eternity. And so then you have to answer the question, what does ownership mean to me? What is ownership to me?
Did you start your relationship as a finish or as a beginning? I just celebrated a birthday. I know Dan is fixing to celebrate a birthday. You can only say fixing to in Oklahoma, by the way. When you say it in the north, people make fun of you. <laughs> new season. When you stepped into that new season, many of you here are so familiar, so many familiar faces. When you stepped into that, was that the start? Was that the beginning of something? Or was that, thank God I crossed the line, I'm in heaven, and I'm done? John 14, 12 changed my life. It says, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, anyone who believes in me as Savior, this is the amplified version, will also do the things that I do, and he will do even greater things than these in extent and outreach because I am going to the Father. Where are you in that today? Are you in maintenance mode? I, well, I pray on the way to work on Tuesday, and, and other than that, today's the day. Are you in survival mode? Are you just getting through? Guys, this is all stuff that I had to ask myself, right? Because it's real easy as, as the guy to get stuck in build mode and build, 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 and never ask yourself how you're doing. And so how are you in that? Where are you in that? Are you in attack mode? If you know the Great Commission, it says to go and make disciples, right? To go and make disciples. If I'm in attack mode, I'm in go mode, which is the Great Commission. And we're all called to go and make disciples. But to make a disciple, we have to be a disciple. We can get so focused on building that we forgot about being, right? And so then to make a disciple, when I, when I encourage this, when I say, you're doing it, you're doing it, you're doing it. There are more people here than last time, and the time before that, you're doing it. Keep doing it. There's, there's, not a, there's not a funny, trendy, classy, hip, cool, you're doing it. And you're incredible. And right now, you're the biggest church in my community. Put that in perspective. There are churches that have been there since 1876, St. Paul's on the lake. It's beautiful. I have 25 people a week. You're the biggest church in my community right now. People would, you're on the verge of being mega. If you cross 100, that's like, okay. <laughs> mega church in my community. So then, to make a disciple, you have to be a disciple. You cannot lead where you will not go. You can't lead where you won't go, and most of us just have to take ownership. You can't lead where you won't go, and that's because you're sitting on possession instead of ownership. Instead of ownership, it's Matthew 6. God, your kingdom come, your will be done in my life as it is in heaven, right? And so then, that doesn't mean we all aren't guilty of like trying to make disciples without being disciples, because we all have those really great friends who love to give us advice and tell us what we need to do in our life. Right? And then when those people come, what's the first thing you do when somebody gives you advice like that? You look right back at them and you go, Where's, can I see this in your life? Do I see this in you? Because in the north, this is what we get all the time. I have everybody telling me everything that I should do. Oh, no, no, no. Just do this. It'll be fine. And when I look at them and I say, well, wait a second. This, I don't see this in your life. And so when you don't see, you go, wait a second. You're not even, you're not even smoking what you're selling me. Right? I've never done drugs. <laughs> that analogy fits, though. You're not, you're not doing or being who you're telling me. So then, big time check. Now, if you get that advice from a friend, 
where there's consistency, you go, what? Oh, that's pretty good. Hey, thanks for that, man. And then you go one step further, right? How, what, when, all those things. But when you see if their life has changed or not, you know. I mean, what was, that's changed your life? I'm interested. I see it because that's leadership 101, right? Show me, don't tell me. People could care less what you have to say to them, especially on Facebook, right? And so then, if we know that we should be disciples, how? How? And it starts with your connection. Your connection is your devotion. We talk about being assured. There's all those things we're going to touch on today. You guys call it abide. It's abide church. There's not a better name for a church. Abide. What's it mean? Remain. What's it mean? Consistency. 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 It's the foundation of Pastor Dan and Leslie's vision for this church. Abide. That you would abide. What's that mean? Live, love, look like Jesus. Right? And so that's the foundation that you would abide. This is your relationship. It's consistency. Revelation 22, 16 says, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to attest to these things. To you for the churches, I am the root and the offspring. The bright morning star. I am the first and the last. I'm the beginning and the end. When I sent Jesus, I sent myself. This is, this is everything right here. Start and finish. That means what? He's been consistent the whole time. Consistency. Knowing Jesus is the root, it's the source, it's, it's, it's we must remain. We must abide. And so if we're going to bear real fruit, this is the difference between Philippians 4.13, which is every like barely saved Christian's favorite verse, right? <laughs> of course it is. Hey, I'm not judging. And so it's, ver- it's, it's the difference between 4.13 and John 15.5. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things. John 15.5 says, you'll do nothing without me. So then Philippians 4.13 is like, yeah, man, let's go. You can charge the gates of hell with that, right? Now, wait a second. If I'm only possessing it, yeah, I got that. Let's go. But when I get to the gates of hell, or they find me, if there's no connection, if I'm a part, if there's no ownership in my relationship, hell finds me first, right? And so, with or without, that's our decision. And again, it's not a one-time decision, it's a daily decision. If you've accepted Jesus, then he's redeemed you, period, right? And so then to remain or to abide, I, I kind of wrote this. I should have made this a slide. I, I apologize. To remain or to abide, John 15, 5, is to let the truth, which is God's word, guide your thoughts and your actions, comma. Because your connection to Jesus means you believe his word, you allow it to find home in your heart, and your life is an example of it. Not for the church, for you personally. What's, what's the mission of Dan DeBell, Leslie DeBell, your house? Yeah. To live a life no man can take credit for. I have that written down just in case he forgot, by the way. That's, that's how well I know him. Okay? To live a life that no man can take credit for. We talked about this years ago. It's 1 Timothy 4.12. To live a life nobody can take credit for, to be an example in word, deed, purity, faith, charity, love, love. 
to live a life no one can take credit for because, or so that, there's some church terminology for you, so that when people come in contact with you, they taste and see the goodness of the Lord. Right? Which is Psalms 34, if you want to write that down. Now, so when people come in contact with him, that's all natural fruit because of the connection, because of his consistency, because of his devotion, because he's a disciple. It's the same for all of us. I was telling people before church, there was a time in the world where people came to a pastor for counsel, advice. They looked to their pastor like, man, I need help. I'm going to my pastor. That day's over. We're not bringing it back. I passed a church on the way here with people out at the road waving, saying, come to our church. I'm sorry, dude. People aren't coming to your church anymore because people are outside waving. People are coming to your church when they see you being the church. That's it. That's the only way they're coming in. They have to see it in me because of my connection. How? Because I am connected. I'm a disciple. I'm following. Because apart from me, you'll do nothing. Apart from me, it'll be work. That's what, that's what it is. I live like that for a long time. I don't have to tell that story because Dan's a great example. John 15 shows us the blueprint for how this works. This is how to show people who Jesus is. When you look, this is connect to the source, bear fruit, and you realize that you bear fruit not by effort, but because of connection. Remain, and when you remain, you show the, you show the world who God is. When you remain, when you're consistent, you show the world who God is. Because John 13, 35 says, by this, everyone will know that you're my disciples by the way you love one another. How? My connection. My connection. Your daily devotion to God begins with intentional time spent with him, which means you must stop. Psalms 46, 10. Be still and know that I am God. To have a real relationship means you're remaining. If you're not remaining, you're roaming. There's a big difference between roaming and remaining. The obvious is, is clear to everybody in the room right now. Roaming, you're lost, you're disconnected, you're upset. You blame God even when you're roaming around. And you work to produce what you want others to see. This is what happens when we're disconnected and we're roaming. Now, when we remain, when we are remaining, when we're rooted, when we're connected, you're found, you're connected, you're consistent, and you're so consistent it's in your heart. It flows from you. Your devotion to God comes from you effortlessly. It's not, oh, God, it's Sunday. It's thank God it's Sunday. The people who wake up and think, oh, God, it's Sunday, haven't been connected all week. And so then you don't mean anything to them. I'm sorry, that's the truth. That's not in there. Why? Because this is the one time of the week you get to sit around people who believe in Jesus. You guys might vote differently, okay? You might believe differently. You might be mad at each other. But the one thing, the reason the church started is because we can rally around the name of Jesus. This is the one time of week we get to do that. That's, that's why Sunday's important. Not to go, oh, shoot, man, I didn't read my Bible this week. I didn't pray. I haven't worshipped. 
thank God we got that lyric, those lyrics on the screen. Man. Like, that's not it. That's not it. It's because of your connection. So, everyone will know you're my disciples if, what you know is this, roaming creates work for you to do. It's a have to. Remaining is living as an example. Remaining is 1 Timothy 4.12. It's just being an example others can follow. But you don't have to stress it. It just happens because of your connection, your consistency. Roamers will use words to sell you. They might even, dang, they might even stand on the corner and wave at you and try to get you in the door. Okay? They're going to use words to sell you. And that's sad because today people are listening with their eyes and they're thinking with their emotions. It's all messed up. And so what they see and what they feel is where they go. Right? But remainers are going to show you. Their actions say everything you need to know. I'm going to lead a life that no man can take credit for. You see Jesus and Dan DeBell every day. His heart, he has one of, the, one of the purest hearts that I know. Of any pastor. I know pastors all the way everywhere. His heart is pure for you. For the church. Capital C. So, so it's, it's who, and in remaining, it's who we are that comes out everywhere we go. Taste and see that the Lord is good. You're going to see it. You're going to see it. Jesus remained. He stayed in constant contact with his heavenly father. He led by example. He's the leadership model today. Show me, don't tell me. He was washing feet before. Like, it was, whoa, whoa. You can't. No, it's what I do. That's the example that we follow. He led by example. That's what we do. Everyone will know my, that you're my disciples when they see you loving one another. And so let's get serious. Here's the difference. The difference in people knowing if you follow or not is your ownership. It's the ownership of your relationship. The best way to show this is to tell you the difference between love you and I love you. Love you and I love you. That's the I in ownership. By this, people will know my, that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. Don't just possess your love. Own it. Love you. Love you. I love you. What do you feel? I don't even, I'm here. What do you feel in that? I love you. Now listen, as a man, that's really hard for a lot of guys to do. That's, that's six more weeks of sermons, okay? That's hard. It's really hard. We possess it. There's love there. Ladies, there's love in our hearts. Love you. Love you. Love you, right? It's there. It's there. We possess it. We're not owning it. And it takes forever. Sometimes we as men are just idiots. You already know that, though, so... So then, there's no judgment in, in what I'm telling you because this happens a lot. I used to do this. I used to do this. This rocked me because I used to. And when I say love you, that means I don't have any time. That's this is over. Love you. Okay? That is the old, like, classic walk by, hey, you good? Man, I hope so because I, I got stuff to do. Right? You must see that I'm a pastor. I mean, I have to show you all these things that I'm doing. And that's what I used in ministry was I had to show you. Look at all that we're doing. Love you. 
And when I realized, wait a second, if I stop and ask you, how are you? I need to be willing to stop. And this might take two hours. Am I owning it? Or am I just showing it? Hey, you need to know that I love you. You good? I'm good. Right? It's a humongous difference. It's a humongous difference. And so I do not leave out the I anymore. And my first, second, I guess, would be for you to put the eye back in it. For you to put the eye back in your love across the board, everywhere, starting with your relationship with God. Because that's how we make more disciples. It's own it. It's own it. We're not embarrassed. We're not shameful. We don't, it, that's, it's none of that. Put the eye back in your love. Jesus didn't say, love you this much. God didn't say, love you the world this much. There's an I. There's ownership. There's ownership in it. Jesus took ownership for the human race. He said, I, I'll do it. Not your will, not, not my will, your will. I, I'll take it. I'll handle it. I'll take all of it. Ownership. Thank God. Thank God. Because I'm not good enough. So quiet in here. It's tough. I want to let you know I rewrote this in Florida, by the way. So if you think about Jesus taking ownership for the entire human race, shouldn't we take ownership in our relationship with him? Shouldn't we take ownership in our discipleship? It's a big difference in I love you. There's, there's possession in the love, right? I love you. There's ownership. We love you. That's why worship is easy. When we get the loud fast songs, why do you think every church in the whole world starts with a fast song? To loosen you up. You've had a crappy week. We know. Okay? So what's the fast song do? Oh, I can do that. If we went immediately to the heart of worship like we should be doing, we can't because the world won't allow us, okay? We could, but people would be, whoa, whoa, that's too deep. All right, we got to let you t touch it with your toe, okay? Then come in with two feet, and then get waist deep. This is Oscar. Oscar's only a waist deep kid, ever. It's good enough. I'm good. Waist deep, good. Because if we put you waist deep in the beginning, you're like, can't do it. We love you is easy. It's possession. I love you. Ownership. Ownership. And so then our, eye, our love should always have an eye in front of it. Why? Because love covers everything. People will know that you're my disciples by the way you love one another. First Peter 4, 8, above all, have fervent and unfailing, unfailing love for one another because love covers a multitude of sins. It overlooks unkindness and unselfishly seeks the best for others, not because it's a job or because you have to. It's because of your connection, because you're owning your relationship. Now then, when you look at 1 Peter 4, 8, which love is this? Is this love you? Or is this I love you? Hey, wait. I love you. Love you is like being a good, like good luck, right? Like, hope you make it. 
Hope to see you there. It's really, it's really drive-by devotion. We possess it. We know it is. And we know when to use it. Oh, yeah. How do I end this? Love you. We know when to use it. I love you is pausing with intention, making sure people know you care more than they do. Fervent, unfailing love. I. You care so much. This is the care. This is where we go. This is what this means. I care so much that I don't want you to go to hell. By this, people will know that you're my disciples. I love you. I love you is both, is devotion both up and across. It's not just a, it's easy to say, God, I love you in my, in my basement alone by myself, week 78 online. It's easy for me to do that. For me to go out and tell the people who are keeping me from having a church that is, I don't have, there's not a word I can say in church for that, okay? The eye establishes ownership. It carries the meaning. It makes it personal. It's how our relationship with God should work. And so we can all find a lot of things to do to justify that. But without ownership, they're all empty. Why? Because 1 Corinthians 13 says what? Without love, empty. You can have all these things, but if you don't have love, you ain't got it. And it's different than just possessing it. So ownership is this. Ownership is the act, state, or right of possessing something. And the possessing tricks us right there. So then it's my relationship. It's my relationship. It's not my grandma's, okay? It's not my crazy uncle's, okay? I run into so many people who say, well, bless you people who are converted Catholics, okay? Well, I'm Catholic. I've been in church in 72 years, but I'm Catholic, okay? Well, how are you Catholic? Well, my grandpa built the church, or my mom was Catholic. Well, just because they were doesn't mean you are, Right? Well, my mom is this. Nah, here's what you are. Without Jesus, nothing. Nothing. You might know somebody who is something, but that doesn't make you that something just because you tag along. You're just you. You're just you. And if you're roaming, that sucks. Okay? Underneath that person's something and the somewhere that they go is a salvation. Is a salvation. The root is Jesus. No matter how they dress or what their music is or the trumpet that they play or you guys have guitars, we can't come, okay? It doesn't matter because the root is Jesus. The root is Jesus. And God bless the people who came before us. God bless the people who came before us. Thank you, Lord, for the example that they set, but I can't ride their faith. Your relationship is only as good as your investment in it. It's the same as a bank, right? I can't go to the, well, our country's so screwed up, guys. I can go to the bank and take money if I don't have any. But in reality, I shouldn't be able to do that. In the real world, so then, I can only go and pull money out of the account that I put into. Same. Same. It's your devotion. It's your remaining. It's your abiding. Why? Consistency completes everything. Anything that has ever been finished was consistent. Anything that was ever finished. God says he's the author and the finisher of your faith. So what you know right now is God is consistent with you. 
And he's always consistent, even when you are terrible. Even when you feel bad, even when you're unlucky, any of that stuff. God's consistent with you. God's consistent with you. What it takes for our part, I'm closing. What it takes for our part is ownership. It's ownership. It's that big eye. It's that big eye in the middle of ship, right? Which means some of us have to get our ship together. You're welcome. Okay? That's so clean and church appropriate. And I apologize if it wasn't. And so then, possessions nine-tenths of the law, right? Meaning that ownership is easier to maintain when you possess something. It's more difficult to maintain if you don't. It's the difference between roaming and remaining. Inconsistent, consistent. No one owns your relationship with God. Nobody does. I don't go to an in-between to some dude who's going to pray for me. I pray. I pray. I own it. It's me. It's not a relative. It's not a pastor. Nobody's going to step in and fill the gap for you. Right? So then you can't play the card while mama said. Mama said. We often assume that the person in possession is likely the owner. That's why I said earlier, if you don't have the title, if you don't have the salvation, it's not yours. It's not yours. And so if your grandma prayed that prayer, God bless her, she knows Jesus. Your mom, you know, we, we look to the women in our life because the women tend to carry us and keep our heads on straight as men, and we appreciate that. Even if you haven't heard it in a while, ladies, we appreciate it. We appreciate it. So just because your grandma prayed doesn't mean you're going to heaven, right? But she took me to church. Yeah, she did. She was praying that you would pray a prayer to receive Jesus. It doesn't transfer. There's no transfer, right? Church attendance doesn't get you to heaven. The Bible says, the Bible says this. It says, faith without works is dead. So then you're saved by grace through faith, not by works over time. Not by running around looking like you're lost, claiming that you're busy, pretending to be something that you're not. It's being still, knowing who God is, and remaining in that relationship. You don't earn salvation, you receive it. The truth is this, just because you know a verse or two, just because you visit on Easter or Christmas, right? Just because you can (laughs) shout out Philippians 4.13 to me, right? Just because you show up sometimes or you know where to go, that doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything without ownership. When we're consistent, it's easy for us to reach others. I don't have to say anything. It sticks out. You see it. You see it. Let people taste and see that the Lord is good because of your consistency. When you stand before God, here's the deal. When you stand before God on judgment day, this is the best day of your life. When I get called to heaven, that's the best day of my life. That's the best day of your life. That's the best day of your life. How many people outside of here are walking around like dreading that day. Oh God, man, when I get there, he's going to say this and this and this and this and this, right? But the reality is, is I think that God wants that moment with you to be the most amazing moment you've ever experienced ever because he already knows. 
because he already knows. Everything you're dreading, he already knows. You should be proud. One, you're standing in front of the creator. You're gonna be in awe. You're gonna be a little bit, you know, it's gonna be like that, okay? But my hope is that you would go boldly. I think that Pastor Dan's hope is that you would go boldly with your chin up and your shoulders back, knowing where you dropped the ball because a righteous man falls down seven times, but he gets up eight. Owning what was given to you. You're right, you're right. You're right on that one too, and that one too. And we think it's like that. What's the Bible say? It says that he forgets it, that it's as far as the east, it's from the west. The sea of forgetfulness. I'd love to, I'd love to know where that's at. It says it's like that. And so we can't walk in and go, oh man, like who knows? No, you know exactly right now. Everybody here knows. By this message, you know exactly where you are. And you want to step into the biggest moment of your life? Proud of the life you live. You're a human being. You're going to have regrets. You're going to live in that regret. You're going to live in some freedom. You want to live as a roamer? You want to remain with Jesus. You want to be devoted? You want to be fully assured, right? You're the only one who can address that. And so then real devotion is what makes you a real disciple. Being a real disciple means your devotion is deeper than a drive-by moment. Where do you find this? It's Hebrews 10, 22 and 23. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with full assurance that faith brings. What? That takes consistency, by the way. Having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold, let us hold. Even when you're alone, let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess. For he who promised is faithful. He's consistent. He's consistent. The question today is this. Are you devoted? Are you devoted? Everybody defines that differently here. Second Chronicles 16.9 says this. For the eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the earth so that he may support those whose heart is completely his forgot that one. I'm sorry. If you're unsure, you know your next step. If you're unsure, you know your next step. And that doesn't mean salvation. Many of you guys have salvation. Some, that might mean repentance, forgiveness. That might mean taking a step. Psalms 25, 14 says relationship with God is reserved for those who reverence him, which means those who are devoted. Respect, stop, spend time. Because those who do will walk in his promises like Pastor Dan talked earlier. So what does it take to be totally devoted? This is, this is the final point. It's your devotion. Your devotion to know God better is what gives you the desire to be with him. You're not gonna find that desire from a podcast. Your devotion to know God better is what gives you the desire to be with him. I believe you guys call them encounters. You want to encounter God. You will have that desire to meet with God regularly, to be devoted when you take ownership. Possessing that love for God is one thing. Owning that love is another. So put the I back in your ownership. 
Father, thanks so much for the opportunity you've given me to share today. There's something you brought to me a long time ago, and I was too ignorant to figure it out, to even see it. I had no clue. This is simple. Lord, you made it so simple for us. And so I just ask, Lord, that what Pastor Dan prayed to start this service is taking place right now, that people have open hands and open hearts. That they know without a shadow of a doubt where they are right now in the ownership of their relationship with you. Is it drive by faith? Is it devoted faith, Lord? I thank you for shining a light on this today. First in me, so I can share it with others. I just thank you for what you're going to do, that you're going to take it, that you're going to multiply it, that lives are going to be changed because of this. This is you. This isn't me. So I just thank you for moving today, for working. And Lord, I thank you for working in this church. I thank you for the spirit of this church, for the heart of this church, for the heart of Pastor Dan and Leslie DeBell. Lord, for the seeds that they sow, Lord, I thank you for the harvest that's coming in their family because you're faithful in this church, because you're faithful. And by church, I mean the body, every person in every seat. I thank you for the harvest that's coming from those that sit right underneath on the leadership team. Thank you for bringing a harvest that they can see because it's a God that you are. Thank you for blessing our time today. Help us to enjoy the rest of our Sunday. Lord, we love you. We love you. Thank you so much for all that you are to us, for your goodness and your faithfulness to us. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Abide Church podcast. If you'd like to partner with us financially, or if you're in the Tulsa area and would like to attend our weekly gathering, you can check out AbideChurch.com.